0: who did it somewhere else, and um, Shane is going to come and tell us a little bit about his story. So Shane, come and tell us. First of all, Shane, tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Uh, My background is really, um, I grew up with the wrong kind of people, and when I was younger I started to uh, burgle houses and pinch cars and just steal anything I could off people, really. But while I was doing this, I had an uncle who had a reputation for being a fighter and being hard. He was my god. I used to love walking down the street with him because people used to speak about him, and it just from then on I decided that I wanted to be I wanted to be hard. I wanted people to respect me. And uh, do I carry on? Yeah,
0: yeah, you no. keep going.
1: <laughs> and then I, I wanted people to respect me. And uh, little did I know I was going to be one of them, want, be classed as one of Britain's youngest, most dangerous people at the time. But I just started to um, fight people who had a name for themselves. Uh, I started stabbing people up, booting people's doors in, selling drugs. And eventually it led to me being on the run for, uh, I was on the run at first for kidnapping, attempted murder, and just all the other stuff, Section 18s and everything what come on. And I eventually got caught for all of them and ended up going to where uh, home house prison in the northeast. And I had a hatred for the system, for authority. So I ended up, uh, because an officer wouldn't let me go to the gym, I went out my cell and I stabbed uh, two prison officers. Uh, I stabbed one three times and one once. And uh, it led to me going to maximum security prisons. And from then on, I just raged war against the the prison system. And it led to me being put in a CSC cell, close supervision. It's where a maximum security prison is for dangerous prisoners. But within a maximum security prison, there's the dangerous, dangerous prisoners. And they had to be they can't open your door unless there's riot shields and riot gear. And they have to feed you through a hatching the door with locks because they can't have physical contact with you. And that just led on for years, going from prison to prison, selling drugs, fighting the system, assaulting officers, assaulting inmates, and that just happened for six or seven years. Until eventually do I go on to the yeah, so, yeah. Till <laughs> that event until yeah. eventually I ended up I met a man called Robert Bull. And he was a, a born again Christian. He'd come and tell me Jesus loves you and all. I just think he was an absolute crackpot, really. That's what I thought. <laughs> and uh, he used to come with little leaflets and he'd like, uh, why, uh, why Jesus and stuff like that, and post them through my door. And I just chucked them on the side and thought nothing of it. And then eventually I ended up, uh, prison, about 10 prison officers coming to my cell door and told me I had to go to segregation because I'd been put under an investigation. Into smuggling drugs into the prison and um, subversive behaviour, and I didn't know what subversive behaviour was, so I asked them, and they said, "Get a dictionary." So I got a dictionary, and what they were trying to say is that I was trying to use some sort of power to overthrow their authority. But while I was down, down there, I got a, um, a vision in my head, like as if he was in front of me, of this Christian, and 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 God telling me to, an urge, telling me to write my letter, and I just. I f- for days it was in my head so eventually because it was doing my head in I wrote him a letter and he wrote back saying Jesus is trying to touch your heart let go of your heart so I just thought we definitely lost it no, but, <laughs> you know, well you just don't hear that kind of stuff and eventually I went to Long Larkin prison to maximum security prison and when I was in there I ended up uh, going in on an alpha, someone mentioned the alpha course but I wasn't, my name wasn't down to go on it so I walked walk in on an alpha course and it was most of the way through. And I sat in and thought nothing of it. And I was, someone was like, oh, it's, I started arguing about science proves the Bible wrong and everything, you know, we come from the Big Bang and stuff like that. <laughs> and then eventually, um, it's, I went to get, I went to get up and someone said, oh, you get free chocolate biscuits, biscuits and gattos." I said, get my name down. <laughs> you know, I wanted, I didn't go for God, I went for the chocolate biscuits and the ghettos. But eventually... I come to a Holy Spirit Day, They dedicated a day on the course, do it to the Holy Spirit. And one of them come and prayed for me and prayed in tongues and I didn't know what that was and I felt a bit daft at the time. And thought nothing happened. I, felt, I remember feeling a bit disappointed, but nothing happened. And then eventually, uh, I can't remember if it was on the day or another course, uh, that the pastor come to me said, and said, I've never done this in the 20-odd years I've worked here. But God's telling me to tell you uh, to come here on your own this afternoon. Wait there a minute, <laughs> getting emotional here. Uh, so I went, and he prayed and said like, you no, know, some verse out of the Bible about Jesus forgiving you and Jesus loving you, and you know you just got to let go of your heart and come to Jesus and stuff. And then he prayed for me and he said just pray. And I said, God, I hate who I am. we there. I said, God, I hate who I am, who I've become, have uh, come into my life, and. I started talking a bit, and as I started talking, I started to feel something in my stomach. Uh, I don't know if it was an energy feeling, because I don't know what energy feels in your stomach, but yeah. I, I just felt something in my stomach, and i describe it as a, an energy feeling in my stomach. And it started to raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up, and then I just cried, uncontrollably cried and cried and cried and cried, and, and from then on just totally transformed my life. I went from being one of Britain's youngest most dangerous prisoners overnight I ended up working at the chaplaincy in the prison I ended up um, getting enhanced prison officers were my friends, they become my friends were speaking to me and knowing there's a verse in the bible that says your enemies will become your friends doesn't it and it was just my life just totally transformed and then I got released and uh, I can't stop preaching to people, really. I, I, I just preach to everybody. I can't help it. My mum chucks me out of the house. <laughs> no, she does. <laughs> my mum, ma- my literally, you know, if I start mentioning Jesus, now she's like, shut up or get out. You know? <laughs> so it's just, my life's totally, t- uh, totally. T- I can't explain it. It's just like non-Christian Christian denomin- like denominations. Non-Christian, like, what do you call them? Like businesses and stuff. Who, who don't, they're not Christians, but they're inviting me in to give testimonies, like job centres, uh, a place called New Deal. They're inviting me in to go in and speak to people about my story, and they're not even Christians, and, and they don't, you know, and the staff members where I go, I just preach to everybody, you know, so I just, all I can say is my life has totally changed. You got so. married? You got- oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> 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 sorry about that. And uh, I, I met a uh, A beautiful wife, she wasn't my wife then obviously, but she's my wife now and you know I've got a beautiful little wife and I've got two little children, a little daughter and a, two little daughters sorry, and I've got a little boy on the way, nerves, so my life's just absolutely amazing, just have all glory to God and thank, thank you Jesus. Thank you Shane very very much indeed.
2: want to give thanks to God for Nikki Gumbel, for the Alpha Course, for faithful prison officers and chaplains and wardens that are going in. And what a great, great testimony. What a great encouragement, isn't it? That nothing is impossible for God. I needed that reminder that no one is beyond the reach of God. No matter how messed up, no matter how bad, no one is beyond the reach of God. I want to talk this morning on walk by faith, not sight. If we could have the house lights on, please, that would be wonderful. I love this beautiful bright screen behind me. Isn't that just wonderful? But I want to start by asking how many of you actually right now present have a need that you would like God or need God to meet for you? How many of you have a need of some kind, shape, or form? How many of you have an unfulfilled dream that you don't seem to be making any progress with? And how many of you have a destination that you would like to get to, but you cannot seem to move forward? Maybe for you it's a diagnosis of cancer. By the way, I'm just checking, are we recording this morning? We're, We're recording, great. Maybe it's a diagnosis of cancer. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need a partner. Maybe you need set free from an addiction to alcohol or drugs or work or money or anger or lust. Maybe you're controlled by something and you need something broken. Maybe you need to lose weight, but you keep failing. Maybe you fancy someone, but they're not a Christian. Maybe you have a son or daughter who is no longer following God fully, or who has never followed God. Maybe you've just started a new youth band, and it seems to be falling apart, and people are leaving your youth band. Maybe it's financial debt. Maybe it's your business. Maybe your business is struggling. I met someone this week whose business has collapsed because the building next door um, Came, came down and has destroyed his business and he's stressed and he's worried and he's anxious and he doesn't think he's going to get enough money. Maybe your employees are playing up at work. Maybe you're having difficulty and challenges in your workplace. It might be your area of service or ministry. Maybe you are needing more volunteers. Maybe you need more people. Maybe you need a new guitarist. Maybe you need a new... Uh, a musician, maybe you need a new this, or maybe you need a new that. And the question I want us to explore this morning is, how do I get God to come through for me in this area? How can I receive the miracle or help that I need in every situation, in everything? There's some things that we think that God's interested in and others that are not, Maybe the big things God will be interested in, but He's not interested that our band needs new musicians or this, that, or the next thing. But God is interested in every area of your life. Your small toe may be hurting and causing you discomfort. God is interested in that. That is the goodness of our God. The answer how we can get God to to come in and help us is faith. The answer is faith, and that's what I want to speak about this morning, faith in the goodness of God. You see, just because you have a need does not automatically mean that God will meet that need. There's only one thing that God responds to, and that is faith. In fact, believe it or not, you or I can actually limit the work of God in your life. You can limit or hinder the work of God in your life. You say, I, I can't limit God. Surely not. He's, he's all powerful. He's all present. But Matthew 13, 38 says, Jesus, speaking about Jesus, and He did not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. They hindered the work of of God in their life, in their city, in their town, in their churches because of what? Unbelief. There is something you or I can do or not do that can limit the work of God in our life. Your unbelief can stop God doing mighty works, but the flip side of the coin is your faith can tap into the power of the Almighty to do mighty works for you in your area Of need. Psalm 31 verse 19 says, This is one incredible verse. Psalm 31 19 says, Reading from a Bible, a paper Bible, a big paper Bible. I love it. It's great. It's got study notes and footnotes and beautiful, crisp paper. Woo! I like reading. Not on my phone, but I like some paper Bibles as well. We're blessed to have them. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. Now, the word good and goodness, when you do a study on it in the Bible, um, can mean a variety of attributes that are found in God Himself. Goodness, when you study the word goodness in its uh, original meaning and its context within the Bible, can cover a whole aspect of the attributes of God, which include wisdom, which you need for your need, kindness, wealth, beauty, cheerfulness, intelligence, understanding, property, divine glory, and welfare. This is what you need for your situation. You need the goodness of God. You need to tap into the goodness of God that is stored up for you, that this verse tells us is stored up for those who fear Him and take refuge in Him. So the goodness of God is described as being in a holding place, and this holding place is readily accessible. And God desires in His goodness that you would tap into that. at that storage. You would tap into his goodness every day of your life for every area of your life. See, God is generous with his goodness, and he can't wait for you to benefit from his goodness. That's how good he is. He wants to bless you. He wants his goodness to flow in your life. He wants your small toe that is hurting you. He wants to be able to come into that area of life. But could I be limiting God? in the area of my small toe that is hurting me? Could I be limiting God with my unbelief? The question is, how do you tap into his goodness for every day of your life? How do you tap into the goodness of God? The answer is what people, what is the answer? Come on, come on now, I want you to shout it at me. How do you tap into the goodness of God? Okay, let's try that again. After three, I want you to shout it as loud as you can. One, two, three. Come on. Today, I want us to explore faith in the goodness of a loving father. We sung, he's a good, good father. And that's where it it all um, comes down to. How can we uh, have faith in the goodness of a loving father? It's the essential ingredient that you need to see a breakthrough in your situation. is faith in the goodness of a loving father, it's which will unlock the answer to your needs. Faith in the goodness of a good, good father is what will enable you to find the fulfillment of the dreams that God has placed in your heart. You see, second slide please, a car can have the most powerful engine in the world— But without a clutch, it's never going to move. No matter how much noise that car makes, if there's no clutch to engage the power, that car ain't moving. See, an amazing sports car, with the best clutch in the world, will never move if it doesn't have an engine. We need an engine, the power, we need a clutch to engage the power, And we can say faith is rather like a clutch in a car. It engages the engine's power. Like a clutch, faith locks us in to the living and powerful God, and then we begin to see some power in action. You can have a powerful God that is a loving Father. He's eternally good, wanting to help and bless bless you, His child. We have that. We have a powerful engine. We have a powerful good God. But we must, we, we, we must use the clutch of faith. We need to tap into the source of all goodness and blessing. Like I say, just because you have a need doesn't mean God is automatically going to meet it. We must have faith. Matthew 19:26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible but with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. I want to ask you, do you believe that? Do you really, truly believe all things are possible for God? Yes or no? Do you believe it? Next one, Mark 9, 23 says, everything, let me focus on that word, everything Everything is possible for one who believes. Do you believe that, yes or no? There's less, people are less confident about that verse than the previous verse. It's easier to believe that with God, all things are possible. Can you say yes and amen to that? But we struggle a little bit more when we come to say, everything is possible for one who believes. But they're both true. Everything means everything. That means your struggle with your weight is possible, and with tapping into the goodness of a good and loving Father, if you believe. You think God's not interested in my weight? Yes, He is. Can you unlock the goodness of God to help you with your weight? Yes, you can, by using your faith. That means you can get a new job, if you believe. That means whatever your needs, it can be met if you believe. If you don't believe, it's down to you. Best of luck with that one. We all know how we get on when we're ourselves. See, we've got a choice. We walk by faith or we walk by sight. One or the other, that's it, people. And without faith, it is impossible to please who? It's impossible. So every area of our life, God wants to come in. 1 John 5, verse 14. See, if you have an addiction, we need to believe this verse. Let's read it together. It's on the bottom of the screen. Let's go. Uh, uh, One, two, three. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our... Let me ask you, what is it that overcomes the world? New Living Translation says, every child of God defeats the evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. What do you need to overcome the world? What do you need to overcome an addiction? What do you need to overcome a challenge in your life? What does it say? What is the victory that has overcome the world? Even our faith. So what is faith, and how do I get it? Well, let's look at the next slide. Faith, firstly, is a gift. If you're a believer, you already have it inside you. It's not something you have to create. You already have it. It lives inside of you. Hebrews 12 verse two tells us, Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. So you already have it, it's inside of you. Jesus was full of faith and Jesus is the author, he takes the lead in faith. See our faith looks to him, it looks to his faith and it draws inspiration and strength from his faith. Secondly, faith is a gift of God's grace. It's a gift of God's grace to you. See, many of us believe that grace is God's responsibility and faith is our responsibility. And there's truth in that, but it's only part truth because we need to know that our faith is much as a gift of grace as salvation itself. As it says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it shows that faith, which enables us to experience salvation, is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God so that no one can boast. Even our faith is a gift from God. So faith is a gift of God's grace that we've all received. And because we have received it freely, it's within you, and you can actually choose to use it Whenever you decide. You can choose to use your faith in any, in any situation in your life that you choose. It's with you, it's inside you, and you are the one that decides when you take that clutch and you decide to engage it and uh, use it in your life. See, our responsibility is not to create faith. Our responsibility is to exercise faith. This means you use faith when you decide. Next slide please. We're called to active believing, confessing and doing of the faith. And there's a cycle of faith and includes believing, It includes the words. I don't have time today to go into it. But what comes out of your mouth is so important. What you speak reflects your heart. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. How do you know if you're in faith for a situation? What are you speaking out about a situation? It's what you're in faith for regarding that situation. But then... There is a doing part of faith. James tells us that faith without works is dead. If you're not doing anything about what you're believing, if you're not moving forward, if you're not taking steps, if you're not actually moving, then your faith is dead. But we're not required to create faith from nothing. We just have to exercise it and activate it. Okay. But we need to cling to him. We need to abide in him, as it talks about in John 15. We need to remain in him. And as we cling to him, it's all in relationship. You see, faith's not a magic genie that you rub. It's not a magic lamp that you rub and this genie comes out and says, okay, you've got three wishes, what is it? It's about a good, good father. It's about Jesus Christ died, that you may be reconciled, that you may be adopted, that you may become a child of the king, that you may receive the goodness of God in your life, that the good, good loving father wants to bless and reward his children. It comes from relationship. That's where faith comes from. It comes from being adopted into his family, by clinging to him, by abiding in him, by his words abiding in you, And Jesus actually says in in John 15 that you will therefore ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you if my words abide and remain in you. Faith comes as we remain in him, as we live in him, as we remain close to him, as we worship him, as we're around him. His faith saturates us, it clings to us, and it increases in our life. It can't happen apart from relationship Our faith, we said, is the clutch that locks into the power of God to see his power release into our lives. But it's not the size of the clutch that matters. It's the size and the condition of the engine. What's the size of your God? What's the condition of your God? What's the character of your God? What's your belief of how good your loving Father is? Because that is key to the faith and engaging our faith. Jesus said in Matthew seventeen twenty, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, we believe in the goodness of God One of my children, I've been learning this and studying this and listening to this for many hours and thinking about it, and one of my children was struggling. Um, (laughs) They're very young, and they were in a lot of pain and discomfort. And the medical term is constipation. And uh, we um, shouldn't really talk about that, should, should you? But I'm a pharmacist, and so I'm quite comfortable talking about that. Talk about it most days. And it got to a stage where we had the whole day of discomfort and irritability and nothing happening. And then the next day, between seven and 10, it turned into agony, screaming and shouting on the toilet. And I get to the point where I, I had to get away and just go in my room and get on my knees and say, okay, God, if your word says anything and everything is, impossible, is possible for those who believe, I think you're interested in this situation right now. And I think that if you, your word says, that if we say to this mountain, move from here to there, That if I speak to this mass to move from here to there, I believe that you can do it, God. I do. I'm putting my faith in it, and I'm saying to this mountain, be moved into the sea of the pan. I'm telling you to get moving. I'm saying, come out in Jesus' name. I believe you're a good, good father. And I stayed for 10 minutes, and I made a decision. I'm not getting on my knees until something happens. And then there was peace. I kid you not. There was peace, there was quiet, and I'm thinking, it's come, it's come, it's moved. And I would speak to Lindsay, and she just did a pee. But she's transformed, I kid you not, Lindsay would testify, she transformed and went to this silent, peaceful girl. And she disappeared, and in the next half an hour, in her nappy, the mountain had moved. All (laughs) glory to God. But we say, well, that's coincidence, or God's not interested in those things. But I was challenged. I'm like, well, I walk by faith or I walk by sight. Allow it just to happen naturally, and nature to take its course, and goodness knows how long that would take. Or I'm, I'm, I'm crying out to you, God. I'm believing you, God. I'm gonna trust you, God, in the small details because you're a good, good father. And if we dare to trust him in every situation of your life, people, He can come through. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. See, we don't need an enormous amount of faith. Even a mustard seed amount of faith is enough to move a mountain. We need to take the faith that we have. But 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. I want to ask you, are you living by faith? Are you walking by faith? We sometimes think living by faith is for the extremos, the missionaries, they're living by faith. They're relying on God for their income. They're relying on God for their next meal. They're relying on God for everything. They're living by faith, but I'm, I'm comfortable. My mortgage is paid. I'm retired. I've got a pension. You still need to live by faith as much as the missionary in Haiti. Living by faith, walking by faith is for every single one of us regardless of the stage because the alternative is to walk by sight. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible to please God. I want Mike to come up, and I know we're running late today, but... It's not my fault, I'm gonna to contribute to that. <laughs> and collectively together, all of us will share that joy. But Mike Fisher, I want us to tell us his story um, about the birth of Jessica's first child.
0: Come and just share a little bit, please, Mike. Okay, um, just over 25 years ago, uh, Claire and I got married. And I know we only look in our early 30s at the moment. <laughs> But honestly, it was 25 years ago. Um, And we always kind of planned that we'd have a couple of years um, just on our own. Uh, I finished my exams and everything like that. And then we'd start a family. And uh, that was just going to be wonderful. Um, But it didn't really kind of happen like that. And uh, the years kind of went by, and we still hadn't started a family. Um, And we prayed about it a lot. Sometimes we felt really great faith. Yes, it's going to happen. Other times we thought, actually, you know what? Maybe it won't ever happen. I don't know. And uh and sometimes really hard. And uh when we when we were struggling. Um and then at the start of two thousand and five, so we've been married for uh, almost fifteen years by then. I'm just looking to Claire to make sure I got it right. <laughs> yeah, I got a nod then. Um start of two thousand and five, uh, there was a meeting in the cafe here for all of the worship team. Um and for all of the PA and the A V. Uh, And the lighting team and everything like that. So there's probably about 50 or 60 of us in the cafe. And Jimmy was talking, um, I think it's in Romans, about calling things into being uh, that aren't at the moment. About doing things by faith, creating things by faith. Um, And he he did what I used to dread, that uh, Jimmy would do on a regular basis. He'd go round everybody and make you say something. And... um, and he was going round, uh, around the room and everyone was coming up with really spiritual answers. Great things, I'm a child of God, I'm the voice of the one in the wilderness calling out, I prepare the way of the Lord. All wonderful things that were being called out. And uh, I got five words, five words that I needed to say. And it came to me and I couldn't say them. I just couldn't say it. So I said pass. And, uh, and you hope with a lot of people that... There's only going to be one or two parties and it will never come back to you and you'll get away with it. Um, but God wasn't going to let me get away with it. So we came back around everybody and Jimmy came back to me and said, right, Mike, what is it? And the five words that God had given me to say, well, I am a great father. Now, we'd tried for on and off for 15 years to have a child and nothing had happened. But I knew in that moment that that was God's word for me. And for Claire, I am a great father. Claire is a great mother. And there was something about speaking it out. Um, It's great. I I knew it in my heart then that things were gonna change, but I had to speak it out to confess it, to make it real. And really feel in that moment, something completely changed. And about 10 and a half months later, uh, Claire was holding Jessica in her arms. And uh, which was just the most fabulous moment for us. I remember when we got the pregnancy test done and the first scan pictures, and it's suddenly it's all becoming really real. But we just know that it came down to that moment where God had given us a word and wanted us to speak it out and say, you know what? You are a great father.
2: To Jessica to come through yeah. We get her to do our song. Isn't that beautiful? 15 years, he had a Rhema word, he heard God say something, and he had to speak it out. How did God create? When he created the universe, when there was darkness covered the earth, how did he create? The power of death and life is in your tongue. For faith to operate, it needs your heart and your mouth, and they must come into alignment with the word of God. And when you receive a real word from God about your situation, you need to engage the clutch of faith and see God move. Now Satan's attempt, PowerPoint five please, has always been to get man to walk by sight. Just bring Jessica up please, Mike. Well, not all of you, hands up if you weren't at the Burn supper during the week there. It was quite a lot. So this is Jessica, Mike's first, Mike and Claire's first child. And um, this is the, the miracle baby that we're talking about. Jessica, you sang a beautiful song for us. I'm wondering, would you, I know this, we've not given you any preparation, I've not really asked you, but the song that you sung at the Burns, would you be able to sing it for us now? Do you think that you could do that? Yeah? Let's just, let's just put your hands together <laughs> for Jessica.
3: Slan let Skagach and Jay to Hamoris, a priest, a brute Hirovata na horoela, Hirovata na horoela, Hirovata na horoela, Mo horislanet sky geen tíhe tu híravata ná horo боль híravata ná horo addict híravata ná horo addict Skagan true.
2: Faith. Mike and Claire are amazing examples of faith and faithfulness. Hearing God Intelligent people, and yet, the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, the, to us who are being saved. it is the power of God, people. Never forget the gospel is not just about intelligence and knowledge and knowledge, it's about the power of God unto salvation. and the salvation we're talking about is not just salvation from hell and punishment from sin, although it includes that. it's about salvation and breakthrough in every need of our life. Now I'm gonna wrap this up in five minutes, I'm watching the clock and I'm gonna take five minutes and then we're gonna pray. Satan's temptation, PowerPoint five, is always get man to focus on the reality of what is I see rather than to focus on God. We see this in the temptation of Eve in the Garden of Eden. We see that Adam and Eve were walking perfectly by faith. It says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Adam and Eve were walking perfectly in faith in relationship with God, and Satan was not happy, so he appealed to their eyes. He wanted to get them to walk by sight. And this, he used the same tactics as in the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness by appealing to his eyes, and he uses the same tactic and temptation to get us to walk by sight. Satan doesn't want us to walk by faith, He wants us to walk by sight. Why? Because we know that is impossible, Hebrews 11:6. 6, it's impossible to please God without faith. And so if we start walking by sight, we start displeasing God. But also Satan knows that it's our faith that connects us to the goodness, the blessing, and the power of God. And so if he gets us to walk by sight, he's going to stop the damage to his kingdom. And so he wants us to lose our power and stop damaging his kingdom. And the way he can get us to do that is to get us to walk by sight. Here's how he does it. He will use delayed answer to prayer, disappointment, and frustration to get you to walk by sight where you once walked by faith. Mike and Claire, 15 years, and yet Mike was struggled. He struggled with those words to say, I am a great father. Is that the words, the five words? I am a great father. But he said them. He believed And the miracle came. You see, when you walk by sight, you make human conclusions about the expected outcome using the principles of this world. You you determine the outcome of your situation by observing reality, looking at the facts, and using logic. When you walk by sight... You respond like the ten spies. They were sent out to the promised land, and in Numbers 13, it says, We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. The ten spies were living by sight. Their imagination was being used to look at what they looked like in their own sight, And that's the mistake that we make when we say, what do I look like according to what my eyes see? And what do I look like according to the world, according to them? But that's a wrong mindset for believers. Don't forget your description, who you are. You're a believer, not just for salvation, but in your walk, your daily walk with God. This is the challenge. How do we respond to what our eyes see? But what did they see? They saw powerful people, they saw fortified cities, and they measured their, res- their strength into response to what their eyes saw. And that's why in Numbers 13, 31, they said, we can't attack those people, they are stronger than we. That's walking by sight. Your thoughts are dominated by what you see. You see no child, you see no child for 15 years, and your sight and your mouth are dominated by those thoughts. I'm overweight and I just can't seem to diet. I always fail. I need a job and nobody's answering my applications. There are so many people applying. How am I ever going to get a job? I'm struggling with my finances. I never seem to get out of debt. If walking by faith, your words will reveal your faith and you'll respond like the two spies, Joshua and Caleb. Caleb signs the people before Moses and said, should we go up and take possession of the land We should go up and take possession of the land for we certainly can do it, Numbers 13 and 30. There we see the contrast between walking by faith. Caleb and Joshua served the Lord wholeheartedly. They were in relationship and therefore they were walking in faith and their words revealed that they didn't observe they make conclusions about what they saw with their eyes, but they saw with the eye of faith. Abraham's another example. God shows up to him, says you're gonna have a son, a promised son, and then your son, you, the, the descendants of it, you shall be blessed. But it wasn't happening. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness when he showed up and said your descendants will be as numerous and he was promised a son. But it wasn't happening and so he was tempted to walk by sight and when you walk by sight you have to solve the problem naturally rather than expect God to do it supernaturally. So his wife's suggestion was to take the servant Hagar to sleep with her and have a son called Ishmael, but this was not the son of promise. Ishmael was the birth of walking by sight. Isaac, 13 years later, 13 years later, Abraham wanted him to bless Ishmael and says, yeah, I'll bless him, but he's not the son of promise. The son of promise is gonna come when you're 99 going on 100 years of age, it's gonna come supernaturally and Isaac was born. And there's a difference when you're walking by sight, Ishmael comes. But when you're walking by faith, the promised son, the real promise comes in your life. And Satan's attempt is, as we said, to walk um, by sight and not by faith. If I had time and I don't, I'm going to bring it to a close and draw it to a conclusion. I would go on to talk about how our words and heart faith needs two places to operate. It needs your heart and it needs your mouth. Faith comes through hearing the word of God and hearing the word of Christ. We're talking Romans 10. Romans 10 teaches us that sometimes we think we need to have faith in our heart, but the pattern that we see in Romans 10 is mouth, mouth, heart. Very often the faith comes in your heart and it grows in your heart when it's coming out of your mouth. And Mike had to say the words, and sometimes when we're saying the words, then there's something and there's faith inside of you when you're saying the words, then that's when faith can actually begin to operate. I don't have time to go into all of that today, but um, I would like to suggest if you are interested in learning more about faith, how to activate your faith, there's a podcast called Destiny. Church is my pastor when I was in Glasgow, and that's where I've been inspired and challenged by faith. I, I have been deeply challenged by faith. I really have. He's got five one-hour podcast teachings on faith called Fully Functioning Faith. You Google Destiny Church. His name is Pastor Andrew Owen, one of the best, most challenging uh, teaching series. If you are hungry, listen. If you have a need in your life and you want to learn about faith, do yourself a favor and dig out those podcasts and and bless and treat yourself. One of the things, um, just to wrap up and close, and we're going to pray, is that... um, Our first child was, as you know, a boy who lived for one hour. We then went on to have four more children, and we thought that was it. Um, And then God gave us a wee surprise, and we now have another child. Lindsay's pregnant with um, another child, and I think most of you know that. And uh, we give praise and we give thanks to God. And then... I start listening to these five one-hour podcasts about faith, and they started to challenge me because I think God knows the deepest desires of our hearts, even when we don't. And uh, when, when we don't realize it, God does. And um, I think he knew deep down that we wanted a son, And so he started to challenge me. I knew Lindsay was pregnant, but we didn't know what it was. Well, there we go. We've got the, we have a boy (laughs) coming. Still more thunder. Still more thunder. Um, Praise be to God. We found out in the scan last week. But between the interim of finding out she was pregnant and finding out it was a boy, I was being challenged about faith. And I was like, how do I pray about this? And... It was like, kind of like what Mike was saying. I was like, started off with my prayers, like, God, you know I'd really like a boy, but you know, if it's a girl, don't worry, I'm not going to be disappointed. Whatever you give, you're a good and loving father, and so it's okay, God. You, 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 start, to, um, you, you start to defend God, and you start to, you know, voice your doubts, and, and I started to get challenged, no, do you want a boy? I'm like, well, yeah, I do. We'll start declaring it. Can it come out your mouth? And it was that same thing I struggled with. I felt in my prayers, I had to get to the place of saying, I thank you, God, for giving us a son before we found out it was a son. But then it's fear, oh, what if I get it wrong? What if it's not? You know, and then you start making excuses in your prayers and I just felt like God said, no, listen, just just believe, just ask, you know, just come and, and, and just, just say that prayer and just say, God, I thank you for giving us a son. Thank you for giving us a son. When you make the declaration, when you make the the, the step of faith, the leap of faith, you have to persevere in it. You have to walk in it. You have to daily believe it. The enemy keeps coming back. And even seconds before the scan, I'm still thinking, my mind is flashing back. Okay, they're not going to find anything. They're not going to find it. It's going to be a good, and it's all right. I'm going to be happy. But I'm coming back to faith. Coming back to faith. Come on. No, oh, thank you, God. I'm believing you, and I'm trusting you. And we are absolutely uh, delighted and overjoyed and grateful to God that He knows us best. And He, we make our plans, but God directs our steps. And we are got another son coming, and we just want to give thanks to God. Let's stand to your feet, shall we? Let's get the band back up. And. Let's close our eyes just now. Holy Spirit, move in this place right now. I just want you to, to uh, open yourself up to God right now. And I want you to think of what is it you need in your life. And I want God to ask God just now to speak into your life. And Father, I pray, Lord, your word says, my sheep hear my voice. I pray that you would give a ream word to each person here regarding their situation. But I pray you'd give them two words, Lord. And I just want us to take a couple of minutes just now. I just want you to allow God to put a Bible story moment into your mind right now. Holy Spirit, just speak through your word, the Logos word, the written word. Bring to people's minds right now, Lord, a verse, a story, a portion of the story. And now, Father, I pray you would take them to a specific part in that story, God. They have the general part of the story, but now you would take them to a specific point in that story. And speak to them through your written word, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And now, Father, I ask that you would show them the application of that specific point. That you would give them a Rima word. You would give them a now word. You would give them a personal word with respect to their need, to their issue, to their challenge that is in their life just now, Father. I pray God that throughout this day if you've not read yet received one, received a specific word from God, just get on your knees and find a quiet moment in the quietness and the stillness and just say, God, I need your word. People, if you will engage your faith, there's going to be miracles. The possible situations in your life are going to turn around people the things that you've been struggling with even through prayer Let faith kick in and engage to see breakthrough for 15 years. It's maybe been bad in that situation, but God wants you to hear his word, to hear his voice, to to put it in your mouth, to let it come out of your mouth, let it come out your mouth continually to start believing him and to start declaring you are going to see breakthrough. You're going to see breakthrough in your life. You're going to see breakthrough in that situation and that challenge and that difficulty. We're going to see breakthrough in this church, people, I want to declare by faith that this church is going to burst at the seams. This is going to be one of the liveliest growing churches in Scotland. I want to prophesy and declare by faith that this church is going to see salvations every single week. I'm going to declare by faith today that this church is going to see in the next 10 years greater fruit, greater days than it's ever seen in the past 20. We're, we're declaring and believing by faith that this church is going to be alive. We're going to declare that this church is going to plant churches across Europe. We're going to declare that this church will be a lighthouse to the nations of Europe. We're we're prophesying that the wind of the Spirit is going to come upon the dry bones and it's going to rise it up. A mighty army is coming from this place. And church, if you believe me, give me some shouting and some amends. Come on, let's, let's raise our voice. Let's praise God. Come on. Let's stir our faith. It's coming. I'm declaring it. I'm prophesying to this church. I'm prophesying to the needs. I'm saying, rise up. This is going to be a great church once again this is going to be a strong and mighty multiplying church in the nation one again oh come on let's stir our faith people let's stir our faith let's rise up and be a people of faith let's be the mighty men and women of faith like like the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 our currency in the kingdom is faith how we get things done in the kingdom is faith. Now start engaging it, people. I want to see your bank balances being been turned around. I want to see your overdrafts getting cleared by the goodness of God. I want to see new jobs coming. I want to see new health coming. We want to see new children coming. We want to see new things. It's a new day, people. The old is gone. The old has passed away. And I'm saying, Father, let the spirit of faith rise up in this place in Jesus name. Let the spirit of faith rise. Let the spirit of faith rise in this place. Let healing come. Let salvation come. Let breakthrough come. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on band. Let's take us away. Let's finish. at a song of worship and praise to our God. And have a wonderful day. I have
3: heard a thousand stories of one day think your life that i heard a tender whisper of love.